flap like plastic. Uniradio.fm
Nicolás Fernández de Moratín, 1737 to 1780, was a poet and dramatist. The epigram given here is a humorous commentary on the difficulty of learning a foreign language. Epigram. A Portuguese was astonished to see that in their tender childhood, all the young children of France could speak French. It's black magic, he said, twisting his mustache. For in order to speak French, a gentleman in Portugal reaches old age and speaks it badly. And here, a child speaks it fluently. Epigrama. Admirose un portugués de ver que en su tierna infancia, todos los niños de Francia supiesen hablar francés. Arte diabólica es, dijo torciendo el mostacho, pues para hablar en gabacho, un hidalgo en Portugal llega a viejo y lo habla mal, y aquí lo parla un muchacho. 
Tomás de Iriarte, 1750-1791, wrote 76 fábulas literarias, literary fables, which contain advice for and criticism of his fellow authors. The Ass and the Flute is one of his most popular poems. The Ass and the Flute. This little fable heard, it good or ill may be, but it has just occurred thus accidentally. Passing my abode, some fields adjoining me, a big ass on his road came accidentally and laid upon the spot a flute he chanced to see. A shepherd had forgot there accidentally. The animal, in front to scan it nigh came he, and snuffing loud as wont blew accidentally. The air it chanced around the pipe went passing free, and thus the flute a sound gave accidentally. Oh then, exclaimed the ass, I know to play it fine. And who forbade shall class this music asinine? Without the rules of art, even asses, we agree, may once succeed in part, thus, accidentally.
big goblets and going at the juice hard. Because they're poor, you know, anybody's poor juices it. And um, it bugs them, you know. So uh, suddenly through the forest, they hear the sound of horns, you know. It's the king's men, a group of horny men. Well, I hope I didn't, you know. Oh, let's face it, friends, you know, when you're working for the government, you get horny. And, uh, um, but uh, they come through and they've got sort of these sheet metal things on it, sort of a riding sheet metal shop is what it is, and they're riding along, you know, and uh, suddenly these cats swing out of the trees and their little arrows bouncing off the sheet metal and they stab a couple of, ah, get off me, and uh, somebody invented gunpowder, and, uh, but they didn't get it. So then little John, they meet after they get all these guys on the ground, and little John comes over to Robin and he says, Robin, Robin, Chris is Mary Louise Louise is over in the castle. And he's, uh, crazy. So, um, they throw all the beef into the fireplace and, you know, stomp it out because Smokey the Bear doesn't dig fires. And they jump on this horse and, and it's a borrowed horse. And, uh, Robin's on there with about six other guys, so you can imagine how the horse is, you know, kind of bent down, skids in there. So Robin looks up and he sees Princess Mary Louise Louise in this great castle, man. It's too much, great big thing. It's paper mache, but the kids don't know that, you know, they're eating their Clark bars there, you know. Oh, boy, that. And I'm way in the back row and I'm waiting for the princess to come out. And uh, she does, she comes out in sort of this dirty gray muslin dress, you know, and sneakers kind of turned inboard. And uh, Robin's been in the forest a little long, though, and he checks her over a big bit. And not too much, you know, long braids, sort of a naughty kid. And not too much upstairs, but from here on down, gangbusters. And uh, he's got a little rope, and he, rehabilitation back in camp. So uh, scurries up there and they kiss and hold on real good. <laughs> a lot of it has to be cut for the kids because they get bored, you know, but the adults, they get mm -hmm. And um, she goes in and sits in her little powder room there and makes up and everything and they talk and Robin says uh, that he's been in the forest and everything and she knows that. And uh, <laughs> suddenly through a heavy door, oh, it's about that thick, give or take a couple inches, is swings open and in comes the black knight who is a bad cat he's all you know iron bent plumes and everything he says you're robin of sherwood and everybody you know boo now they don't dig him and uh i see i've been waiting for you he whips out this little sword which isn't too good you know he made it himself and, but it's got phony little jelly beans in it for jewels you know and, they go at it and out on the terrace and jumping over things, you know, and statues and everything. He misses him a couple of times. But finally, he gets the Black Knight in a vulnerable spot. <laughs> we don't have to telegraph where it would be, but, oh yeah, sort of a can opener effect. And, uh, and he falls into this dry moat, which is just full of dead catfish and everything, you know, slimy turtles and everything, you know. says, good luck to you, that'll teach you, daddy. <laughs> See, it's sort of a hip version of Robin. And uh, so by this time, her dad comes in, who looks like H.B. Warner after a tornado, you know, a bright wig and a little tiny.
shiny crown, which is fake. And he's got these flowing robes, the ermine tails, live ermines, too. Keeps him moving, you know. <laughs> and, uh, my son, thank you. He mumbles his part. He's only getting 87.50 for the whole thing. And uh, Robin kisses his hand, because that's what they did in those days, you know, both hands sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, she says, oh, I'm so thankful, they kiss again, and uh, it's a bad scene. And um, then Robin steps back, you know, because he recognizes authority when he sees it. Pulls out the sword again. <laughs> to your liege, the rightful heir to the throne. Oh, gee. <laughs>
Look at that crawdad strutting around. Well, he's the mayor of crawdad town, honey. Mmm, baby mine.
En Amérique, il y aura toujours des amoureux Mais un moulin aussi pratique, il n'y en a sûrement pas deux Il mouille, il mouille les chansonnettes et tourne de jolis refrains Notre moulin de la galette, chaque matin C'est un vieux moulin qui tourne à Montmartre C'est un moulin vieux comme un bricabot C'est un vieux moulin, un vieux diable à quatre Verse la ville de son guet tic-tac Le dieu Cupidon souffle sur ses ailes Et chaque printemps quelques hirondelles Volent tout autour dans un bruit d'amour C'est un vieux moulin qui tourne sans fin On est loin d'être bête, on se méfie de manquer de pain Et le moulin de la galette est trop prêt à moudre son grain Mais c'est l'esprit seul qui pétit et tourne la roue du moulin Qui reçoit les bonnes et les filles chaque matin C'est un vieux moulin qui tourne à Montmartre C'est un moulin vieux comme un bric C'est un vieux moulin, un vieux diable à quatre Verse la ville de son guet Le dieu Cupidon souffle sur ses ailes Et chaque printemps quelques hirondelles Volent tout autour dans un bruit d'amour C'est un vieux moulin qui tourne sans fin Righteousness for they shall be 
So we don't have dead air here at Mutiny Radio. Uh, just so you guys know, you're at the end of Common Thread Collective. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm sure you aren't because they weren't here today. But coming up next is Happy Hour here at sure. Mutiny Radio. Ship as you sail through yeah. over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, Check. First Wednesday, Live Check. Jazz. That's my voice. Thursday. It's two of my voices Parties. at once. The food is. So Darn much of good. my voice. All right, I think this is finally working. Special happy hour. We like it. We love it. With your Mutiny Radio oh my comedy God. festival beautiful. March 1st through 5th. Oh, we're almost on. Not quite. Cool, Check cool, out cool. the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there, and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. burger mutiny radio thinks you'll find the best burger in san francisco at counter offer located inside bender's bar and grill counter offers menu aims to please your drunk face tater tots are served daily on tuesday nights counter offer serves specials off the taco bell menu only better you can enjoy your favorite taco bell item without the guilt counter offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF 
is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. It's so exciting. Hey, guys. How's everyone doing? Is everyone feeling just so alive, so fucking like they didn't kill themselves on New Year's Eve by jumping off a balcony. Me too, baby. That's how I also feel. Hey, buddy. I just want you to know you're lighting it up right now. You're lighting up the room, your warmth, your presence, the charisma. It's undeniable right now. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You're like a light. You're like, don't hide your light under a bushel. We're all together. Um, first off, I'd like to just start with an acknowledgement. First of all, donate. Donate, donate, donate. Um, I know people keep being like, what happened to your fucking hands? What happened to your fingers? I don't know if you've heard, uh, there's, the U.S. military is currently putting up concertina wire around the El Rio. It's not that effective. That's what happened to my fingers. You can climb over that shit. It's fine. It's a fact. Uh, in the East Bay, a 23-year-old woman's body was found in a landfill. Ground score. That's right. I know. Yeah, I'm chilling. That's how I do. Don't worry, baby. No, fuck it. It's not all about me. Thank you for heckling. Heckling with your presence. Um, yeah, no matter what happens tonight, it's not going to be funnier than Kevin Spacey's Christmas card. It's just a fact. I was at the city clinic the other day. I love the SS City Clinic. However, they do have discriminatory practices. Um, they only carry regular size and not large condoms. And it discriminates against my people. It's just a fact. I listened to Louis C.K.'s set. It was funny. Funnier than most of you are going to be tonight. That's just a fact. Cool. I've heard, yes, very exciting. I've heard that, um, I've heard that ODB used to take a limo into the hood to pick up his welfare check, which sounds pretty cool, you know, and he would get out of the, of the limo and hand out $100 bills to the kids that were hanging out on the sidewalk, you know? But you have to remember they're mostly his kids, so it's like, it's not that, it's not that impressive. You know what I used to love as a kid? Getting my dick sucked. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Nickelodeon is responsible for my bukkake fetish. Can't do that on television. I want to get a little terrier and keep it indoors and name it 9-11. 9-11 was an inside dog. That's a fact. Oh, man. So much so much has happened. So much has gone on. On New Year's uh, Eve, I was at Meredith Slaughter's birthday 
slash New Year's slash I was drunk. I don't remember what happened. But um, it was great. She had a goalie. Like, she had a butler who acted as, like, a bathroom goalie, just deciding who could go in and out of the bathroom. And uh, I felt inspired. So I looked around, and I looked for the three edgiest comics I could find, and I brought them out on the beautiful balcony and asked them if I should jump off. And they universally told me I should not. They said it was too soon. It's true. Uh, I grew up middle class, but I worked my way down to poverty. Poverty's like quicksand. Drags you down. It's hard to build a foundation. The main difference is you can't suck and fuck your way out of quicksand. What's the sexiest place you ever farted? So I'm older than Jimi Hendrix, and I still can't play guitar. Eric Clapton can shred on guitar, but he can't latch a frickin' window. It's nice to be here. Uh, a few more PSAs. Remember, it's not doggy style until you bite her neck. Dehydrated people rarely shit themselves. If you are being sexually harassed, bring mace because Puff Daddy will not help you. Let's see. It's not quite time to start the show. You got to deal with my bullshit some more. Um, I'm really inspired by the fact that England is sticking to the monarchy even though they haven't had a king in like 80 years. That's beautiful. I think that's wonderful. I was in here like last week for the open mic and it smelled like entirely like sausage farts wall to wall and I tried to open the door to air it out and they like complain. They were like, no, don't open the door. Like we want to inhale each other's buttholes. It's beautiful to do that. I don't know if you know, a few years ago in San Francisco, there was a drought. You hear, you hear about the drought? There's a drought. And uh, so just to be responsible, people started conserving water. They started showering less. They started watering their sidewalks less or whatever. And uh, it was so effective, it was so impactful that the uh, the water table the reservoir actually overflowed into the sewage. So there's trace amounts of fecal matter. That's on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media. M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast mov podcast is our handle until next time i hope you're enjoying your view yes bye bye that, that kind of sucked balls good evening there my friends here at mutinyradio.fm chester cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there and uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. 
every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pam Dastics books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pam Tastics deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars—I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak in.
Well, hello and welcome to Women's Magazine here at MutinyRadio.fm. That was Pamela Parker. She's going to be calling in today in about two at about two fifteen. That was uh, kind of a new track called "Pedal to the Metal." Uh, today's theme of Women's Magazine is women who rock and roll with the punches of the in- music industry. So I'm really excited. We have amazing guests here today, and we're actually going to start off the show with a live performance from Polly Wood, who's here uh, kind of on a tour. Uh, she's going to play us a song, sing us a song, and um, then we'll hear a little bit about where she's going next. So Polly, thanks for being here. Take All it away. Right. Thanks for having me. This is a brand new song. It's called Bring Me My New Life, I think. Um, I wrote it actually with the drum kit, and it's the first song I wrote that's lies heavily on the ride symbol but since today all i have is a pair of bongos it'll be brand new so <laughs> here we go experimental as always bring me my new life 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 bring me my new Bring me my new life. You gotta imagine this ride symbol just going the whole time. Bring me my new eyes. Make them clear. Make them wide. But first fill them up with tears so I can wash away those wasted years. Wasted years. Bring me my new skin, bring me my new skin. Make it thick, make it sing. When you say those nasty things, I won't feel a thing. When I hear your tired name, no, I won't feel a thing, feel a thing. Bring me my new clock, make it tick. Make it talk. Bring me my new clock. Make it tick and talk. Are you one from the past? It got tired, you ran so fast. Now is not the time to try. It's too late. Walk on by. Walk on by. Are you one from the past? Tit not tat, no give, no take. No give, no take, no take, no give, no tip for tat. Are you one from the past? She got hard, you ran so fast. Now is not the time to try. It's too late. Walk on by. 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 Bring me my new life, 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 bring me my new hips, make them sway, make them slip. When the dance floor's turning on, I'll be miss a song, won't miss a song. When the dance floor's turning on, I'll be there, won't miss a song. Bring me my new bed, 
Bring me my new bed. 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 Bring me my new bed to rest my sleepy head. Move it out, take it all, throw the pillows down the hall. Clear the slate, clean the ground, a whole new way, whole new way. Lay me down, lay me down. Whole new way, whole new way. Lay me down. Bring me my new life, bring me my new life. Bring me my new life. <laughs> yeah, Hollywood. There you go. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to conjure it up. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so glad you sang that song today. I think we all need some newness in our lives. Um, so thank you for yeah, being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mona Lisa, for suggesting I come along. Absolutely. And you're always welcome here at Mutiny Radio. Um, so I know you're actually heading down the coast a little bit today. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe next time you come, we could do a, a longer set. But what do you have coming up next and how can people connect to you and your music? Um, so, uh, well, I'm coming back out to the Bay Area the weekend of March 23rd, 24th. I'm playing a show at the Berkeley Plaza, the new downtown on the Plaza Berkeley BART station on the 23rd, along with Cello Joe. And then uh, an all-women's show in Santa Cruz on, at the Kumba Jazz Center on the 24th of March. And then otherwise, um, have some music online at radwoman.com, R-A-D-W-O-M-A-N.com, or my name, Polly Wood, P-O-L-L-Y-W-O-O-D dot W-S. Very cool. Yeah. I'm so glad you were here today to bring your energy into the room and conjure up. Yeah, um, you can always add new verses to that song. Bring me on new whatever. Bring it. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you for being part of this Women Who Rock episode. You certainly rock and you are opening up channels here. So I'm going to I'm going to bring in our, our, our new guest right now um mari fong thank you so much for being here as well um i know that you're a music journalist but you've worked in the music industry for a long time uh, both as a producer for sirius xm radio but also as a professional coach um to a lot of musicians and uh recently we're in the bay area to go to the or i'm sorry southern california to go to the she rocks um Awards, awards. Right. So uh, thank you for being here on Women's Magazine today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Me too. I, you know, we're getting a lot of going to have a lot of different voices coming in. Pamela Parker's calling in in just a couple minutes. But um, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit uh, more about uh, kind of wh where you are in, in, in your roles that, that you're currently serving, you know, the world and through the music industry? Well, I was a uh, former music editor for a Los Angeles newspaper uh, through Campus Circle Media. And through that, I've been fortunate enough to be able to interview uh, different bands, talk with them one-on-one, -on -one, and write some great articles. Uh, but through that, I also found that, um, you know, there were a lot of struggles and challenges uh, to being a touring musician, even to being a local musician. And right now, um, you know, with all of all of the tragic things that have happened with um, artists like Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, uh, Mac Miller, people that have uh, 
uh, weren't able to survive their their own life challenges, I'm really become an advocate for musicians and their mental health. Uh, so I became certified to be a life coach for musicians. And since then, I've also been putting on different events to raise money uh, to be able to speak out more on mental health and uh, the music industry. Uh, I put on a an event called the Chinatown Get Down, and I partner with different nonprofits like Homeless Healthcare Los Angeles. Um, the last one I did was uh, to support Sweet, Re uh, Sweet Relief Musicians Fund uh, to raise money again for musicians and mental health. Uh, so that's basically my my focus right now is just to start the conversation um, and also to talk about solutions uh, to have better mental health. I'm so glad you're here to join us today, and you're going to be kind of my constant guest throughout the rest of the hour. Um, we do have a phone call coming in right now from Pamela Parker. So let's talk to her because she is a, an active musician. She's um, a professional here in the San Francisco Bay Area, but also a touring musician who is a sound engineer at Hyde Street Studios. Pamela Parker, are you with us? Hey, how's it going? Really well. Thank you so much for calling in today. I'm sitting here with Mari Fong, and we were just talking about kind of uh, how to approach, you know, the balance of life as a musician. Um, so we played one of your songs earlier, and uh, oh, are, are you uh, on tour right now? Um, we just got done doing a show at the Independent in San Francisco last Saturday, which was awesome. And we're not really on tour, no. We just did that one show, and we are going to be hitting other places. We're going to be up in Alpine Meadows. We're going to be playing the Earth Day Festival in San Francisco. So, yeah, we're going to be moving around. So is a lot of your work right now, tell, talk about your experiences um, as uh, at the Hyde Street Studios. Um, how long have you been doing that, and... Uh, where did what kind of did, square did you start from, and where have you gone uh, since then? Um, I started at Hyde Street Studios about eleven years ago, and before that, I had been working at studios in the Washington D.C. area, where I'm from. Um, I got a couple degrees in music in that area. Uh, one of them was vocal performance with a double minor in piano and guitar. And then the second one was commercial music, which was more like being a record producer, an engineer, writing arrangements, writing charts, um, doing orchestration, conducting orchestras, writing for jazz bands. Um, that was more of the commercial music bachelor's degree. So from that, um, I had to do an internship for my college degree, and I called up Michael Franti. And he hooked me up with one of his producer engineers, Jay Bowman. So I came out to San Francisco to do an internship with Jay Bowman. And then through Jay Bowman, I met Maestro Curtis, who showed me all these really amazing things like color theory, um, sound therapy, you know, sound healing, how you could heal through sound and uh, what colors could do for people you know, how they could change their moods and um, make them feel a different feeling. So I just thought that was so great. I decided I really wanted to move out here because it was a little bit different. Um, 
you know, otherwise I was going to maybe move to New York and work at Electric Lady Studios. Um, so I moved out here, and when I moved out here, <clears throat> I asked a friend of mine who was living here, who was also a musician, Eric McFadden, um, I asked him, you know, what studio is your favorite in the Bay? And he said Hyde Street Studios. So I called them up, and um, one of their interns had dropped off the Wednesday schedule. So <clears throat> I took that schedule, and then from there, I climbed my way, and now I'm a staff engineer, and I bring in my own clients, and they give me clients as well. So I produce and engineer, and I also play on different sessions as well there. That's kind of what that looks like for me. I love the the awesome kind of uh, organic nature of of the evolution of your career so far. Um, so, how do you tend to balance your your life? Um, I know you're you're doing a lot of sound engineering and work for other people and and sitting on sessions, as you said. Um, how do you balance that with also your own uh, music and and your creative process? Uh, sure. Well, I don't really do a lot of sessions. I only do sessions that I want to do. So, you know, it's not really every day for me, you know, although I do feel like I'm at the studio every day, maybe doing something. But mostly, you know, I work on my own projects and then I'll take on clients if I really dig their projects. So it is really a project by project basis. Um, you know, if someone really needs me, I'll step in and I'm available. That's fine. Um, but I'm not really too busy doing that um, just because I'm focusing on my own music career. I can't really do that all the time. Um, you know, it's almost like a one-third and then a two-third. So I'm one-third doing the sound engineering producing thing and then two-thirds doing my own thing um, with performing. And there's just a million other things to do. <laughs> it's insane, the list of things. So I don't know about a balance. I don't know if I've struck any kind of a balance, really. Um, yoga definitely helps me feel like I'm more balanced. And so, you know, I really try to do that every morning, at least a little bit, and do some meditation and try to think about what I want to create for the day. You know, so that creates a little bit of a balance in me. But I feel like really I'm working all the time on either one of those two projects, either the someone else's project or my own project. So that's kind of what that looks like. <laughs> you know, you mentioned that uh, you worked with Michael Fronte. And uh, I just, last week I was just um, at his uh, uh, performance uh, where he mm -hmm. presented his film, Stay Human, and also sang some of his new songs from his new album. Right. He's such a positive person and he really gets people feeling really good with his music. What was it? When you worked with him, that was kind of the takeaway message, um, something that you learned from him just by working you know, with, with him and, you know, kind of seeing his process. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't work with him. He just hooked me up with an internship working with one of his producer engineers. So he was more of a catalyst for me. Um, he said that he had just finished work on Everyone Deserves Music. And they actually recorded Everyone Deserves Music at Hyde Street Studios. Um, I don't know if they recorded it all there, but I know that they recorded at least some of it there, if not all of it. Um, so I almost got to work on that project with him, but he was finished, so he just sent me over to Jay Bowman 
And, you know, so I didn't really work with Michael Franti himself. He really just was a nice guy, you know, and hooked me up with an internship because I needed the internship to graduate from college. Right. So, you know, for me, I met Michael Franti on the jam cruise in 2004. So I had kept in touch with him from 2004 to 2007, I think it was, I came out to do my internship and, you know, I had sent him like my old band CD and just kind of kept in touch with him. And, you know, he was nice enough to let me into his world enough to kind of hook me up with Jay Bowman. So for me, like, I think really a takeaway about him is that he really has a community spirit. And I felt like even though I was really nobody to him, he still helped me. And I just thought that was the coolest thing because he's a really great guy and I love what he sings about and what he stands for. You know, when I first experienced his band on the Jam Cruise, at the time I had really been looking for an inspiration to some artist to inspire me who was doing good in the world. And so when I saw his band play for the first time, I thought, wow, this is this is someone who's going to really inspire me a lot. And, um, you know, on the jam cruise, he was having people come up and talk to him, and he just had, like, a whole line of people that wanted to talk to him. And, you know, I was one of those people. So it was just kind of one of those things that I kept in touch, and he somehow was able to answer my phone call <laughs> and hook me up. So I just felt really special that he took time to even help me, you know, because it didn't really do anything for him. So I felt like that was a really nice gesture of him to do. Yeah, he's just an uplifting person, and I'm. it's good to hear that he's an authentic person, you know, that he is as nice and kind as he appears to be on stage. and. He, you know, you're talking about inspiration. He um, has this film now called Stay Human, and it's all about that. It's all about people that he's met all around the world that have inspired him. And oh, cool. uh, now it's all coming out through his music. So thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And, and Pamela, having seen you perform many times, I mean, you come out there and you just rock. And I'm like a you know classic rock girl myself. I mean, I don't play it, yeah. but I've certainly grew up with it. And I, I would probably fall back on say that's probably my favorite type of music. So I've seen you perform live and you are really inspiring because you're like, whoa, who is that badass up there on stage? So um, just kind of like, you know, you responding to other people's live music. What kind of response do you get to yours? Like people coming up to you after the show? Um, and uh, yeah, what's that? What's that been like for you? Well, um, thank you so much for the kind words. I, you know, I it, there's so many different reactions, but I know a common reaction is, you know, wow, you play really great guitar. You know, a lot of people don't expect me to play a solo, I think. Um, oftentimes, I remember at the last show at the Independent, when I kind of like walked up to the edge of the stage and was doing my ripping solo, I noticed for the first time in the set, you know, um, I noticed these guys that they're just like, their mouth was just open and they were talking to each other like, oh my gosh, do you see that? I can't believe it, you know? And so I feel like I inspire a lot of women 
who they come up and they say to me like, wow, you've really inspired me so that I feel like I could do that too. And to me, that's worth everything, you know, because what I really like to do is inspire other people to be who they want to be, you know, and that's even a lyric in the Believe song, you know, is to be who you want to be. And a lot of times I think in the world now, because, you know, especially in the Bay Area where bills are very high, rent is very high, um, a lot of people aren't really thinking about what inspires them. They're just trying to pay their bills and make sure they stay alive till tomorrow, you know, and feed their children and make sure their children have good schools to go to and clothes on their back. And, you know, for anyone to be able to reach past that part of their life into an artistic inspiration is really why I love to share myself with the audience because it's something that it's been really hard to do and I've I've tried to quit a few times, but I don't know. It's just it's it keeps me going to know that other people are so inspired by what I'm doing because I can't really stop doing it. You know, it's it's just who I am. So it means a lot when other people come up to me and they validate what I'm doing and tell me that it helps them feel like they could do what they want to do too. So that's kind of the, you know, the main thing that I receive from the audience is their feelings of inspiration. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, Cause that I feel like inspiration. I, I really appreciate what you said about inspiration because people may not be focused on on looking what for for what inspires them in this you know busy busy world um so yeah keep up the awesome work that you're doing um i really appreciate you and your music and i always tell people about you so um it's Thank it's you. a really great way I'll, you know you're so talented and uh that that definitely uh vibrates you know uh beyond <laughs> places that we know, right? Inspiration is kind yeah. of this invisible ripple um, that goes out. So um, I'm so happy yeah. to, to have that. And I thank you for, for sharing that on this show here on Women's Magazine, because that's kind of what we're talking about today is, you know, how to, how do, you know, not just any artists, but women, um, you know, kind of roll with um, the demands of um, working in, in, in entertainment and, and in the arts. So, um, yeah. kind of before we let you go and we'll play one of your other songs, um, do you have any advice for particularly young women or young musicians who are, um, really trying to get to a spot where they can, you know, realize their, their dream and, and, and keep up with it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, persistence and dedication are two very big words that will definitely see you through to your goals and your dreams becoming reality. You know, uh, I've definitely had my fair share of men in the industry who, you know, one man, one guy heard I worked at Hyde Street Studios at the time. It was like nine years or 10 years. And he said, oh, do you work at the front desk? Uh, and I seriously really wanted to hit him, like violently be upset with him. And I was like, 
You know what? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. What else do people do here? Because they don't pay at the front desk. So what is a job that you that people do here? You know, and, and this man took a really a while, a long, hard thought in his brain to really come to the conclusion that I was an engineer. And, you know, so that stuck with me, obviously. And I just feel like, you know, there's always going to be some dude who just doesn't see you for who you are. And that's what, you know, that's what kind of keeps me going in a way because I'm like, wow, they really know who I am and that's okay. You know, they'll eventually figure it out if they really want to get to know me. And so for, for me, like, I just feel like I have to believe in myself in what I'm doing. And I can't look to other people to give me that, you know, I have to know, okay, I know what I'm doing. I have to know where I want to go, you know, and that just helps me keep grounded because in, it's really such a male dominated industry. And so constantly I'm working much harder than people and even being put on festival bills. You know, it's like, well, they already have a female on the bill, so how am I going to get on it, too? You know, um, it's kind of like really raising my voice and trying to talk to all these different people that I deal with in the industry of, like, booking shows and in the industry of being an engineer and a producer. Just continuing to have a voice keeps me heard by everyone, you know. And when I really get down to it, everyone does want to include me, you know, so... It's not really that, like, the men don't want to include me. It's really just that I have to be persistent and say, like, no, I belong here, you know, and they might not be used to it yet, but they're starting to get used to it. And I feel like, you know, it's a much more respectful environment today than it was 11 years ago. So I just have to say, you know, to all the women out there that are looking for a career in engineering, producing, or in performing, is just to keep doing it and be the best at what you do, and no one will be able to deny your power, you know, if you really hold it. Right on, Pamela Parker. So many good good uh, things to share. Um, we'll totally direct people to your website, PamelaParkerRocks.com, which is absolutely true um, for upcoming shows, right? That's where people can check in there too. And you're also on Instagram at Pamela Parker rocks. Um, so, yeah. uh, we've just been so blessed to have you today and I'm going to play another one of your songs and Mari's got a, an, a comment to throw in towards the end here. No, I was going to say, just keep persisting. I mean, I've talked to female fronted, uh, singers and, um, you know, a lot of the men have a hard time even um, being part of a female-fronted band. Um, you know, I've had singers, female singers tell me that, you know, when they interview guitarists, they're like, well, I'm sorry, I can't be a part of a band that's fronted by a female. And, you know, there wow. really is a much more persistence um, as a woman in the music industry. So props to you, you know. Keep going. Thank and I you. know that sometimes it gets tough, but it's so important that you just, you know, be this great example of passion and persistence and inspiration. So thank you for that. Of 
Thank you. Yeah, and I just want to say, too, I feel really blessed with the members in my band because they're so respectful and they're so talented, and it really is a team effort with my band. Um, you know, I have Chris McGrew on the drum, Spence Murray on the bass, and Tom Finch on the guitar, and then I play guitar and piano as well. So, you know, me and Tom do dueling leads, and then he also takes a lots and lots of burning leads. You know, he's amazing. And um, I feel so, well, again, I really just feel blessed <laughs> to have these guys in my court, you know, in my corner. And um, I was going to mention, too, we're going to be playing at Earth Day on April 20th in San Francisco. So that's definitely going to be our next San Francisco show. Right if on. And that and that's uh, Pamela Parker's Fantastic Machine? Right, yeah. The Fantastic Machine is the name of the album. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, the band is just Pamela Parker. But, you know, for a brief moment, we were doing Pamela Parker's Fantastic Machine just to kind of have a more fun name. You know, I, I like that name. The guys kind of just like my name is the band name. So that's <laughs> funny because I asked them to come up with a name. And they came up with my name. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, we just like your name. It sounds like a superhero. So well, you, you know, I felt like, okay, let's keep it. <laughs> well, you are a superhero, a super shero of rock and roll. Pamela Parker rocks, no doubt. So um, I'm going to play your song Fearless. And then we're getting a, another call in on this women in rock and roll show. So thank you so much again. Look forward to seeing you soon. We'll see you at Earth Day, if not before then. Thank you. Thank you. And this is a song by Parallel Parker called Fearless, appropriately enough.
All right. You are listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val. We're here at Mutiny Radio Studios here in San Francisco's Mission District. And it's a beautiful day. We're talking to women who rock uh, and uh, women in the music industry. So we have a call coming in right now um, from Shoshana Zisk, who's the co-producer of the SF Music Tech Summit. Um, She's also an entertainment lawyer, and um, she has been the CEO for ticketing and uh, affairs for George Clinton, um, and uh, she's also been um, she's currently or recently the musical director for Rent, uh, the musical, uh, both here in San Francisco and in Hollywood, California. Um, so many um, experiences, and and you know both musical and legal, and and in the business world of music. Um, so Shauna Zisk, thank you so much for calling in from across the country. I believe. Yeah. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm on the East Coast uh, at the moment, so thanks for having me. Absolutely, um, and I know you've got we've got kind of a limited time that, for this afternoon, but maybe we'll be able to stretch our legs in a in a subsequent um, interview. But um, we're talking today about uh, women in rock and roll, so to speak. Um, but you, as a you know, as a as a a musician yourself, um, a performer, a musical director, but also as an entertainment lawyer. Um, how, what are some what are some of the challenges that you see um, for entertainers? Uh, you mean just just today? Yeah. Well, you know what? I think the challenges that we're facing now are a little bit different than the challenges that I faced at the beginning of my career. So at the beginning of my career, um, through you know through the '90s and just while it was still just CDs, it was really really hard to get onto the playing field because there were these bottlenecks that either an A&R person had to decide that you would be recorded or there's only so many shelves in the music store, you know. And today is a different challenge because now the playing field is leveled. Um, so anybody can make a website or go to DistroKid or TuneCore, and they can, anybody can get their music up online. But now the trick is how do you get noticed? How do you get the popular? And I think that's really what the challenge is now is just when ev- when anybody can can be in the in the music industry how do you how do you set yourself apart so how does the music tech summit support artists well we actually support the whole ecosystem so my goal in producing the sf music tech summit was to really get together the community um not just the tech community not just the music community but everybody in the whole ecosystem um we were finding before we started producing the sf music tech summit that everybody would go to austin for south by southwest just to see each other and have meetings and so there really was a need to have something where people can get together in san francisco uh we're working on right now our 20th sf music tech summit so we've done a lot of them and i really feel that a vibrant community um, did form, and I've seen a lot of people get together. Um, when we did our first conference, for example, uh, Pandora was a sponsor, and they were just a music genome project, and that was it. Just the, They were just getting the DNA from the songs, and after a certain number, now they're a publicly traded company, and then they were acquired already by, you know, just a lot of different things and a lot of different changes, you know, in the landscape, but the important thing is getting everybody together and that's what as an artist sometimes you can feel really isolated you can go to other people's shows maybe you could have band practices but it's not the same as going and there's a thousand people and all interested in talking to each other and 
trying to do deals with each other, trying to create projects with each other. And that's really what the summit provides. So um, since since we're here on Women's Magazine today, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you kind of from your perspective, at least at this point in time, um, what are some of the ways that women musicians uh, particularly are are thriving in their professions? What are some of the keys that are that are helping them really, um, you know, do what they do and do what they want to do and also, you know, do it professionally because a lot of musicians obviously do it as a side thing. You know, they have, you know, quote unquote day jobs. Um, but there's so Mm -hmm. many talented people out there who like yourself, um, you know, want to pursue their art and, and, and make it their lifestyle. Yes. And you know what, that's one of the things that I'm noticing a lot more about the, the next generation coming up. It's every millennial that I've met has a side hustle. Everybody has the job that they do, and then the other job they're doing on the side at home or their website or their, you know, and their thing that they're working on. And so, whereas I think that, uh, you know, in, in younger times that people would pick one career and just sort of be like, this is me, this is my identity. And I think that as time has evolved, at least in my career, I'm seeing a lot of people that are wearing a lot of different hats. And it's very rare to see somebody just say, I'm just purely a musician. You know, and that's it. And I don't want to think about marketing. I don't want to think about the computer. I don't want to think, you know, that's, I, I don't see that at all anymore. You know, so I definitely feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of space for women in in the music industry now. And it's, and you don't really have these gatekeepers either that are sort of telling women they can be in it or they can't be in it or you have to be hired or you have, you know what I mean? It's just like, you can just decide you want to be in the music industry and there's room for you. Uh, now, so it's kind of like a great time, I think, for women. The internet also, it's allowed women to be more entrepreneurial uh, as far as having their own business and being able to go directly to fans instead of having to go through maybe a record label. Um, a lot of women are kind of doing it on their own now. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, now we can go ahead and reach people from other countries just through our computer. And that just yes. makes it so much easier and so much more direct, right? You don't have to I go also, through all of the, the middlemen or the middle people. Well, I also think the art is getting better because of it, right? Because if the way the system was before, if you wanted to get recognized, you had to somehow persuade an A&R person or persuade a record label based on your commercial viability. And now all you have to do is connect with your fans, find your fans, and that's who you're, really, that's who you're making art for or for the people who you're connecting with, not for the people that you think are judging you. So I really feel like the art is getting better, too. I agree. Yeah. It opens up creativity and free expression Mm -hmm. and uniqueness because with the Internet, it's just there's room for everybody, right? You just got to find your tribe, you know, and your fans. Yes. And so, so Shoshana, Shoshana, I'm sorry, um, and, and that's that's Mari Fong. She's she's here in studio with me today. Um, she's uh, someone who supports artists and, and musicians, both as a professional coach and and also has has been as a as a journalist as well. Um, so I, I'm really happy to have so many professional women in the music world um, as part of this show today. Um, so I, I'm really um, inspi- encouraged and inspired, and I hope our listeners are as well um, by what you were saying about not having to, you know, fit into a particular category just to get to the next level, um, how we have this, the internet being the, the leveler. Um, yes. 
But um, and and if you have another minute or so, um, what kind of advice or um, perhaps even cautions would you give to some up and come or you know people who are starting out and trying to get their name out there? Um, I, I guess kind of from you know that more. Um, functional legal perspective of people who want to make sure that they're, um, you know, kind of getting their fair share for their art. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the first piece of advice that I would have would be, um, which may be unrelated, but to, to go out and go to other people's shows. Don't just try to get people to live in your world, but try to live in other people's world as well so that you're not just, uh, you know, like looking out at the ecosystem, but that you're part of it, you're a productive part of it. And so not just going to other people's shows, but also going to conferences, also going to songwriting workshops, going to just getting out there, getting out there and socializing with other people that care about music the way that you do. And you'll find your opportunities that way. You'll find your best friends that way. You may, you know, uh, you may find that your whole career gets shaped by just your networking. Uh, so that would be my one piece of advice is to make sure that you're not just in your room practicing all the time, but you do get out. And then the other piece of advice that's more like lawyerly um, advice is that I know a, a lot of people do wait still for that contract or somebody that believes in them and wants to give them, a, you know, uh, be their manager or be their, you know, and that um, my advice would be not to look so much at the contract, what the contract says, what the terms are, what's within the four corners of that document, but always think about who this person is that's giving me the contract. Because you could have a contract that's bad, but a person that's really great and your life is going to be really good. You could have a great contract, but a person who's kind of a stinker and it's not going to be good. You know what I mean? So so it's not just getting good legal advice and just looking at what's within the documents that you get, but really thinking about the people and the personalities of the people that, that you'll be working with. And that's really where the true opportunity is is that when you find somebody that cares about your music and you also feel bonded to them, then that's, that's really when you're going to find yourself catapulting to the next level. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so when is the next um, SF Music Tech Summit coming up and how can people it connect? Been, it hasn't been announced yet. Okay. Um, but, but we will be announcing it soon. The best thing that you could do is go to sfmusictech.com and join our mailing list, and we will be making an announcement soon, and then you'll know. If you, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, SF Music Tech. Fantastic. Shoshana Zisk, thank you so much for calling in from the East Coast um, to hear yeah. at MutinyRadio.fm. We'll be sharing the podcast um, after uh, the show. So thank you so much, and we'll, we'll chat again, I hope. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Well, Mari, we're having a fun afternoon here on Women's Magazine. Yes, we are. <laughs> We've got we're a- learning a lot and uh, lots of education, a lot of knowledge from these beautiful, talented women. Absolutely. So y- you've been here, you know, participating and listening. Um, is there anything that that's come up this afternoon that um, kind of ties into some of the, some of the things that you're working on, or things that you're, you know, concerned about or opening up to at this time? Well, one thing that I've that I kind of relate to is um, I've talked to female uh, singers and interviewed them, and a lot of them will say, you know, once they get on stage, uh, they feel like people will look at them just because they're a woman. Like, what do you have for me? You know, show me what you got, without having like a neutral 
uh, just view of, you know, of a talented musician. So there's always kind of like a proving ground, I think, for women in music um, because, you know, we are a minority. I mean, even if you go into um, Guitar Center, it always seems like I'm the only woman out there that's just, you know, getting gear or asking questions and so forth. And um, that's why, like, um, organizations uh, like that put on the She Rocks Awards where they support and encourage women in rock, uh, whether it's business or whether it's uh, being an artist or musician, are so important because it's, it's great to be able to shore, share stories and encourage each other and just uh, continue re- to persist. And uh, what about your own kind of, you know, personal experience um, working with musicians and as a journalist, too, and as a photographer, um, how how do you feel like you are received in in certain ways? And what are some of the ways that you have kind of broken through some barriers in that regard? Well, I feel like, uh, first of all, I was fortunate enough to work for a media company that didn't put the same kind of pressures as maybe some other companies did on trying to get the gossip or mm-hmm. get like the dirt on a band. Um, I was really free to kind of interview and uh, really find out the information that I wanted to, that I was curious about. And I think with that, um, and with more of a caring uh, nature about me and curious nature, uh, a lot of bands um, would open up to me and tell me things that they said, I've never told that to any other journalist. And I felt really honored and flattered by that. But they said that they sensed um, trust with me mm. and um, that I would be open with them as far as non judgmental. And, um, you know, that's how I, I normally would, would approach a band or an, or an artist. Uh, I do feel like people have something that they really want to say, and it's just having that open forum to allow them to express that. Um, so I, th- I think being a woman and um, having that, you know, caring, curious nature has allowed people, more people to open up and just tell their stories. I, I, I'm with you on that. I feel like um, when you're willing to just kind of open it up and listen to people mm-hmm. that's when they end up talking about things that they weren't really planning or even thinking about sharing um and and kind of creating a forum for that and so h- how's that playing out in your work right now as a professional coach and working with people uh, especially trying to support people's um and specifically artists and musicians um like mental health and work-life balance um how's that how's that uh yeah, tell us, because we were chatting before the show, right? but I want you to tell our, our, our listeners out there kind of what you've seen and, and how, how that's working for people. Well, I think one thing that you keyed in on is listening, and um, it's so important to listen not only to people's words, but to their nonverbal communication. Um, I am an advocate for musicians and mental health. Um, I have spoken with artists um, like Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park, and um, finding out that they've hurt themselves um, through um, struggles with depression and uh, eventually being suicidal uh, really affected me. And I felt like if we're able to open up more and 
talk more about what's going on with people and also be able to actively listen um, that we can help all of these artists and musicians that are secretly struggling. And I do think that there are signs out there that people are missing. Um, and I would like to see it so that I'd like to see a society where um, people in general, especially men, can come out and uh, find support and encouragement um, if they're struggling uh, mentally with their mental health. And it happens with all of us, but I think as women, we are fortunate enough to have a strong support system. We come to each other if we have a, a problem, if there's something that's going on in our lives, and that's completely natural for us. If we need help, we can go to a doctor and we could feel good about it. You know, we feel that we're doing the intelligent, smart thing to ask for help. However, with men, you'll find statistically, um, there are higher suicide rates within men because they don't have that support system. They're being asked to um, don't talk about it, you know, buck up, you know, get over it. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, let's go out for a drink. Let's go to the game. I mean, these are the ways um, men deal with things, they say, on a side-by-side -side basis. Let's say, you know, sit next to me and, you know, let's maybe push it under the rug and try to forget about it instead of really listening and dealing with what's going on with that person. And that's what that person really needs, especially if they've come to you as a man um, and said, hey, you know, I'm having um, problems uh, at home or with my girlfriend. We need to know how to respond to that. Um, and also talk about solutions. You know, what is it that has helped you uh, or I in in dealing with these challenges and, you know, help them find guidance and lend support. Yeah. And I, I I'm obviously I, I can feel your warm energy and why people would, you know, want to talk to you and trust you. Um, and we just have a few more minutes here on, on women's magazine today. Um, but I think that it is a really important conversation to be having, um, to not only see the signs, which maybe you can, um, talk to for a moment, um, but also to kind of have more resources, you know, just as, as individuals, you know, if a friend comes to talk to you, um, how do you, you know, help, help them other than just like listening, you know, listening mm -hmm. is, is a great step. Um, but I feel like when we see instances where, you know, we have a, a famous person who has died by overdose or suicide or something that it becomes this tragic event, but and, and we start talking about, oh, well, mental health is important, but then the buck kind of stops there and we never kind of pushes it forward to say, well, what kind of support do people need? Well, that's the thing is that um, even if we're just talking about depression and anxiety, there's so many different solutions and there's so many different reasons why somebody is struggling. It's not necessarily trauma or um, a shock in, in their life, uh, maybe a death, but it can also be a chronic illness. It could be hormonal changes. It could be um, so many different things. So I want people to really open up and realize that um, these symptoms of, you know, maybe withdrawing, um, being overworked, uh, you know, just um, really disconnecting from society. These are all things, they're, they're all red flags. Um, as far as solutions go, um, you know, there's 
simple lifestyle changes, uh, whether it's health um, supplements. I mean, I've I've gone through and had um, different testing, allergy testing, to find out what minerals and vitamins that I was deficient in, deficient in, um, along with different. Um, foods that I'm allergic to, and these all affect your body, which all affect your organs and your mind. Um, medication, you know, I don't want to discount medication. Of course, all of us, you know, would like to think that we can go through things in a natural way, but if medication, antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications are helping you, then be open to that, or be open to trying that. And of course, you know, um, talking with people, uh, reaching out to support groups um, like Depression and Bipolar uh, Support Alliance. There's different organizations that can be anon where you can call in anonymously. Um, those are people that are open to talk with you, along with other people that are struggling with some of the same symptoms which really makes you feel more connected when you're in a really bad place. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a really ba bad place, you do feel con disconnected from society, no matter how many loving, supporting people are around you. So, um, you know, the thing is, is, is really to keep trying and to continue to be persistent. Well, Mari, I, I really appreciate you being here on Women's Magazine today. Um, where can people find some of the articles that you've written or where, where's a good place to kind of find out um, more about your work or connect with you? Well, um, you can go on campuscircle.com. Um, there's an archive of um, a lot of my articles. Thank you. 